everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Thomas. I am the host of the show. And today we are joined by Anthony Pascucci from Sansone Air Conditioning. Anthony, how are you doing? How you doing, Eric? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. No, thank you. So, Anthony, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little more about Sansone and your role there. Sure. Uh, like Eric said, my name is Anthony Pascucci with Sansone Air Conditioning. Uh, we're a family-owned and operated company down in South Florida, uh, West Palm Beach area. Uh, my grandfather started the company back in 1976, so this year we're celebrating our 45th anniversary. So I'm actually uh, now third-generation uh, owner-manager of the company and uh, basically uh, grew up here, but I'm sure we'll get more into the background side. So. Yeah. So you guys are... I know the name is Sansone Air Conditioning. Yep. You all also do heating services since it's uh, down in Florida? Not a lot of heating here, right? It's pretty much all cooling, no yeah. furnaces. So we do the simple stuff. It's pretty much all straight cool, and that's about it. A little toaster oven heater, and, and that's about it here. So not even yeah. any heat pumps too much. So. Oh, really? Yeah. How, how often do you think you guys would actually get like a, a call for a heat pump or something? You know, it's funny that every year there's always that one week where it hits like the 50s. That's cold for us. <laughs> they turn on the heaters. We get a couple calls for non-working heat, and that's about it. It'll last a couple weeks usually out of the year. So Wow. That's really cool. It's, yeah. It seems like uh, every time I talk to someone in, in a different area, there's always uh, different circumstances when it comes to the temperature and how it affects the business. Yep. Um, so do you all ever really experience a slow season or is it mainly pretty You know, busy? it's interesting. Um, we're more bell curved um, than the rest of the country. So we don't have that kind of shorter summer. And then the same thing in winter, we're just kind of a longer summer, right? So we really kind of start uh, March or mid-April kind of time frame. And then we kind of go to about mid-October and then November to February are actually our worst months typically. So we're very uh, bell curved that way. Nice. So what's it like uh, being in the family business and, you know, now running uh, the company and kind of following in the footsteps of the rest of your family? Yeah, it's definitely uh, interesting at times. We joke that we should probably have our own reality show here. uh, (laughs) We probably like like OC Choppers guys, you know, we could definitely run that show here for sure. Um, No, but it's good. The opportunity to work with family every day and just grow the business together. Um, Obviously, you know, there's there's five of us uh, here as as family members and owners. So um, it's a it's a big dynamic sometimes. But, you know, working with family, obviously, we all have trust in each other and, you know, obviously the business best interest uh, every single day. So there's really nothing better than that as far as your management team. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you've seen change with the company uh, throughout the years uh, as you've been you know, growing up and now into the business? Yeah. So we uh, we I'll say we started as a very uh, new construction focused company. So we built the company um, early 80s, 90s and the new construction boom years. We did a ton of new construction. At one point we were doing like 100 houses a week. And uh, it was just, you know, a ton of installs, obviously, which has led to a good, you know, customer base for us going into now and obviously replacement opportunities. Um, I came in um, originally in the mid 
2000s, and I was kind of transitioning the company more to that retail service type focus. Um, actually left the company for five years, and I joined one of the manufacturers, uh, York, actually, wow. recently back to here just uh, in October of last year. So uh, the biggest change has been really the focus on retail side of the business and really focused on growing that side of the company and really not as much new construction anymore, but uh, all retail side. So Yeah. So what are some of the ways that you all have grown the uh the residential side or yeah. uh, like not the new construction side. Yeah. Because of that uh, large base, it's helped us tremendously. Obviously we do a good amount of advertising uh, in the market. Um, we have about 60 employees now. So decent size um, company for the area. Yeah. So that comes with a lot of obviously digital advertising uh, experts like yourself um, you know, different uh, social media, um, some di- some uh, direct mail, a little bit of media like TV and radio, not as much. I guess we're mo- more focused on lead generation. Uh, recently, we partnered with a company that actually I'm friends with, a guy who kind of developed this, and it's it's called the Automated Closer. And it really gives a lot of different automations as far as marketing. So we're doing some just crazy stuff that normally you would rely on people calling and calling maintenances and following up on customers. We're automating a ton of stuff like that now. And because of our large customer base, it's just helped us grow tremendously really quickly. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's cool stuff. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. And 60, 60 employees is, is a really big company. And I mean, you just said it was decent size for that area. So are, you, are, is, are there bigger companies down there? Yeah, there are. You know, I, I'd say, you know, we're one of the larger ones in the area for sure, especially in, in Palm Beach County where we are. Um, there's a handful of us that are, you know, that size for sure. Um, just in my in our trade area, there's 5,000 contractors. Wow. Um, so I would say we're, you know, top 10 in the area as far as size. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, for a lot that, of for sure. that, that many contractors. There's a lot. <laughs> so how many other contractors in that area do you think are um, maybe not so much your size, but yeah. in, in between that maybe one to five million dollar range? That's a that's a good question. There's a there's a lot of them. I would say yeah. uh, over a hundred. Right. Or right around that number from what I've heard in the past and from when I was on the distribution side, there's a you know right around that number just in our market yeah so, a lot more towards the million side than the five million side I'll yeah say. <laughs> but, yeah oh, how many installs is that a year to hit like one million do you think? Uh, typically a million i think it obviously depends on your average sale price and all that but i think it's only a million's only a couple a week or couple of day, you know, going from there. So, yeah. you know, if you're doing, I mean, if you're doing one a day, you're doing 50 installs a year and your average price is, I don't know, seven to 8,000, you know, you're talking, right, you know, right there, four or 500,000 plus service and all that. So you're talking one to two a day, typically. Yeah. Million, so. hmm. yeah. I've always been interested in like the, the number breakdown when it comes yeah. to like 
X amount of installs equals this much revenue. For sure. And that's an important thing to be on top of. So we have our kind of five-year plan always in place and we're breaking everything down to number of installs, number of service calls needed, number of phone calls needed to come in. That's that's where it's key against your marketing, right? So mm -hmm. uh, we're measuring that against our booking rates and making sure if we can book 5% more of our calls, that leads to X amount of more dollars and X amount of less calls needed to hit our goals. So I think it's important to always be looking at those, you know, KPIs. Yeah. Yeah. So, so which of like the digital advertising tactics that you all have used, have you seen uh, the best success with when it comes to getting those service calls? Yeah. Um, I, obviously we do a good amount of pay-per-click um, in the area. It's, it's huge here. So no one wants to fix their air conditioner. No one wants to buy a new one. So you have to be top of mind when people are looking for it. Right. And we all know everyone's going to the internet um, to look for that. So us being able to come up, um, so pay-per-click, obviously SEO, uh, Google local, uh, social media, you can, yeah. you can have a combination of all those, right? So, yeah. You have to hit all of them yeah. for sure. Especially in a, uh, competitive market, like for you sure. said, and I think, uh, I'm up here in Virginia beach and it's, I would say it's mildly competitive. Yep. Uh, the market here, I'd say there's probably five to 10 contractors who are really competing with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, you know, some smaller guys. So it's definitely not that competitive. There's definitely not 5,000 <laughs> contractors. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think honestly, the biggest mistake I see a lot of companies make is they'll get these leads and not call them timely or they won't follow up with them. They'll try one time and won't get them. That happens a lot with internet leads or email leads. I mean, we're getting leads from a hundred different places now, text, chat, email, you know, wherever they're coming at us, you know, so like I said, we have those automations in place where as soon as a customer fills out a contact form, it's automatically leaving a voicemail, it's automatically texting them, we're sending a booking link to our site to try to get them to book right away, and it goes through an automated follow-up process basically until they book. So until yeah. that's booked, it continues on. So we do a lot of things like that through that automated closer program where same thing with the sales estimate. If we go and do a sales estimate and we don't sell that, it's getting an auto voicemail 30 minutes after. It's getting a text from me the next day automatically. And that continues yeah. on until it's either sold or lost. Yeah, like a drip campaign, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Just different avenues, yeah. Yeah, it's, it sounds a lot like Hatch. I'm not sure if you've heard of Hatch. Um, no. It it's, sounds very similar. Yeah, um, there's a lot of different things out there. Like yeah, that. their program is called Speed to Lead. And yeah. it's, it's, you know, someone filled out a web form, they get hit with a straight to voicemail, a text message. And yeah. it's really cool. And I, I mean, that stuff, so it, it's so helpful because, you know, companies will hire a CSR or a client care coordinator or whatever you want to call them. And sometimes they're slow to picking up the phone and getting that, that call in. And that could cost you thousands of dollars. For sure. We struggled with, uh, you know, obviously someone calls on the phone through your marketing, your team can't ignore it or they're going to answer the phone. But yeah. someone sends an email. I read a statistic, I don't know, a year or so ago, I heard it on a podcast or something that if you call within five minutes, you have like a 361% better chance of actually booking and selling that customer. Wow. So, you know, we've implemented our five minute rule because of that. And it's, it's hard though, right? Cause you're getting, like I said, those emails, you're getting online bookings, you're getting all that kind of stuff. And the team can ignore those easier than a phone call, obviously. So, yeah. So do you, you all have people in place that are essentially like a call center or someone that's picking up the phone and calling. Yeah. 
Yeah, we so we have uh, CSRs, obviously they're answering the phone. We have different assigned responsibilities based on kind of the medium that the customers are using to contact us. And then, like I said, a lot of it is what we're automating where they can, you know, receive an auto text, auto voicemail, auto email, and uh, of course, you know, leading to booking links on our site and things like that. So Nice. So are you all a... Uh a York dealer or a train dealer? I saw. Yeah, we sell. So we sell carrier in York primarily. Uh, we've been a carrier dealer for a long time. Uh, Nine-time uh, carrier president's award wow. uh, winner. So that's that's our main brand. Uh, do you know? Obviously, can't use them in every situation. So we sell most brands, but a carrier is our main. So yeah. How have you all overcome some of the sh- the shortages uh, in the manufacturers lately? Yeah, good question. Uh, obviously, we're all facing that right now, not only just on equipment, but on materials, parts and supplies, everything. So yeah. we've always been, uh, I guess, a stocking type dealer um, where we stock a good amount of equipment here and materials. I probably have double what I should right now because of those shortages. Um, we do a lot of same day, next day, weekend installs. Um, down here in Florida, when it's 95 out, if I don't install the unit the next day, I'm going to lose it. Right, yeah. someone else is going to install it the same day or the next day. So, uh, having it here is a is a big part of our business plan for speed to install. So, yeah, if there was someone out there listening to this that was facing you know an issue right now with their yeah. manufacturer and they were thinking, all right, whenever this is over with, I'm going to stock up so that I'm prepared for the next time this happens. Yeah. How much supply would you recommend for them to to save up? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, we try to be typically a two week to a month type usage. Like I said, obviously we're kind of overstocked right now. Um, the more history you have, um, the better you can kind of project what you're going to sell and what you're We've worked really hard to, I guess, uh, almost wean down our price book and what we're offering so we can stock the ones we're selling the most of and not just offer a whole gamut of 50 different brands and 50 different models because it makes it a lot harder to project and, and especially to stock. So, Yeah. Yeah. I just, I wonder what some of the smaller contractors are doing right now. Like yeah. who are really struggling. Like I feel like they have no choice, but to like wait you're buying wherever you can get it right now sometimes and that's okay you know that's where relationships with your distributors are obviously important um you know keep those open obviously even if you don't buy from somebody it's good to know them in case in case there's something like this going on right yeah so what have been some of the some of the biggest challenges you all have faced recently um with the labor shortage as well yeah, you know it's it's interesting with uh, with unemployment, labor shortages, all that kind of going on right now. Um, it was really hard to find office people in particular because they were making more on unemployment than they were working sometimes. You know, so it's definitely raised rates for us. Um, we're very aggressive on the field side, trying to find new technicians, installers. Obviously, we're all challenged with that. Um, you know, we've tried to do different things as far as bonuses, sign on bonuses, referral bonuses. We have different pay structures set up to make it advantageous. We recently um, changed our on call schedule to make it where the techs are working less on call. And now we're hiring kind of shifts for our technicians. So guys who don't want to work a weekend don't have to work a weekend. 
Uh, we've tried four day work weeks now for a lot of the tech. So doing a lot of things like that to really just try to make it a better place for everybody. So they want to come here. Right. So, yeah, yeah, we've been fortunate to have a good name in the market also. So I think that's helped us a lot with recruiting as well, which is always important to build your internal culture. Right. Yeah. Are you all, uh, are you all building up people from really from like entry level there, like where they'll come in with no experience and they can learn or you? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's mixed. We've definitely tried to, if you can hire, you know, based on the personality, you find someone who wants to learn and work. Um, we'll start some of those guys either as maintenance techs or as typically install helpers. And they'll kind of start on that side and kind of work their way through as we're training them. Uh, we're working on building actually a live lab where we can do a lot more training because it, it's just the future. You're going to have to grow your techs. They're just, you know, they're not walking in the door, obviously. So, yeah, I've seen that companies that do it that way where they bring them in green yep. and train them up. They have a better retention and the, they have better technicians because it's not a melting pot of personalities and bad habits and yep. training from other companies. Uh, has that been the experience that you've seen as well? Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, you can teach them kind of your way of doing it versus trying to break a bad habit in the past, you know, and, and that, that goes depending on the person, but um, there's definitely a benefit of that side to being able to teach from the beginning. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I remember you just saying that you're, you guys were building like a, like a training lab there almost. Yeah. That, that sounds really cool. So what's that going to entail? Yeah, so we figure we're going to have just a, you know, four to six live systems where we can have people come in and train, especially the new people. We're talking about doing anywhere from a one to a three month type training where we go to maybe high schools or trade schools and say, hey, we're offering 100 percent scholarship. Come to the Sandstone Trade School and we'll guarantee you a job if you complete it, basically. Uh, you know, just something to get these guys in and keep growing. Honestly, our, our biggest hindrance to our growth is, you know, trying to find more people. So mm -hmm. I can I can hire ten techs tomorrow and keep them busy. Yeah, it's just the reality of it. So. Yeah, and that's something that we hear a lot here with Rival Digital with our company, where we'll hear clients say like, "Oh, we're not gonna, you know, we need to pause advertising or we can't do any more advertising." Yeah, because you know we can't really take on work right now because we don't have anybody to do it yeah and that's that sounds like a real challenge it is for sure and i i guess i'm just kind of the mindset of i'm going to push and i'm going to find the guys because i know when i'm busy and my back's against the wall i'm going to find the guys yeah um, so i try not to lay off the lay off the gas pedal per se yeah I'll force ourselves to to find them <laughs> so yeah well i feel like that's like a it's like the silver bullet of a de of a business is to quit doing marketing and advertising. Hundred percent agree. Like especially in COVID, a lot of people, the second you know things started turning up on their belly, the first thing they cut was marketing. Yeah, and it was like no. The, I, I feel like the companies that really came out ahead yep. during the pandemic were the ones that said, "Okay, we're going to do two times the marketing right now." Yeah, because we need to. Yeah. Did yeah, you all see that? In yeah, we definitely saw, you know, people being in their home more, especially here, running their air conditioning all day, basically, when normally you'd be at work. Now you're running your air in the peak times in Florida in the summertime. So uh, demand's just been, been crazy. Um, we're up 59% right now year over year. Wow. And, uh, you know, just, just continue pushing. So Yeah. So before we, before we uh, started recording this, you and I were chatting about your – 
you're building a little bit. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't recording them, so I want to <laughs> I want to talk about it again because it's it's a really unique space, and um, I had looked at it the other day when I was researching the company before you know prepping for this. Yeah. And um, it, it's a really cool building. It's, it's very. It seems a little bit unlike most uh, HVAC. Uh, warehouses or shops or buildings that you might typically expect. So tell us a little more about y'all's building and how you uh, like got in there. Yeah. So we actually recently moved into this building just about a year, year and a half ago and uh, ended up purchasing it when we moved up to this area. And it used to be a pool store in the past. And if you look on our website, the front of our building is a huge glass, basically squares of glass, but it's curved. And actually that pool company, they had a pool outside there. So that glass kind of reflected on that pool. It's on a main road. So when the thought was when cars drove by, they reflected off the glass and they could see the name of the pool company there. Um, After that, yeah, after that, a tile store bought it, I think it was. So if you come into our office, there's like all this fancy different kinds of tile, like you would expect in a tile showroom kind of thing. Come us after. So, (laughs) yeah, that's, that's exactly how our office is. It was, the office that we have in Virginia beach, it was a house. And then, um, it got converted into a, an office building for a tile company. Yeah. And so you walk in and there's just exotic tiles all over the floor. <laughs> like there's a different pattern and a different tile in every single room you walk yeah. into. It's pretty similar to ours. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. It adds a lot of character to it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Anthony, um, uh, if there was someone listening to this right now who, is wanting to take that next step and grow their heat and air business. What is some advice you would give them from someone yeah. who's literally been doing the you know, HVAC since you were a kid and have grown yeah. into the business? Yeah. You know, I would say the biggest thing is always keep learning. Um, you know, there's so many great resources out there now between, you know, awesome podcasts like this that I listen to all the time. And, you know, on your drive time, even going to and from work, if you can knock out a podcast a day, I mean, you'll learn so much. And then just reaching out to other people, you know, people like me, I'm always happy to help other companies. You know, if my competition is out there doing better, it just helps the industry in general. So um, definitely reach out to people on the forums, reach out to people in your area. There's a lot of people like me who are definitely willing to help. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of opportunities to learn out there for sure. And just, you know, learn as much as you can and, and be in business for the long run for sure. That's awesome. And uh, what, what's the way that someone could contact you? Um, our, our website, definitely Sansone, uh, S-A-N-S-O-N-E dash AC.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Um, so you can find me on there as well. And then my email is Anthony at Sansone dash AC.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for, uh, for joining us on the podcast. Uh, yep. this is a great conversation and I appreciate you being a guest with me. Awesome. Thanks again for having me, Eric. Good talking to you.